Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And we are bringing you a podcast about the greatest show on television, The Sopranos. Yeah, the greatest show that like used to be on television. That used to be on television. Yeah. Yes, but in our opinion, has uh, stood the test of time, uh, the 10 years now that it's yeah. been off the air. Yeah. And between us, we've probably watched this show, I don't know, maybe 10 full watch throughs yeah. of the entire thing the length of it absolutely yeah all 86 episodes we do it like separately every right. year since 07 i would say just for the fun of it yeah we talk about the show now we're recording our conversations lucky you exactly and we're bringing it to you as a way for you to um if you haven't watched the show this is kind of uh, a way for you to watch along with us. Um, for us, it would it would be uh, another round, but we're seeing it with fresh eyes and trying to really bring you an experience of uh, kind of giving you a breakdown episode by episode, season by season, uh, just uh, how good all of it is, the writing, the directing, the acting yeah. uh, of this show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's a perfect show. Uh, it is what kind of all dramas should aim to be. I mean, I know that that's not possible necessarily, right. but I don't know. Sopranos, it just does it for me. Mm-hmm. Still, here we are, 2017, and right. it's still just as fresh. It works just as well. It does. Uh, and a lot of like the commentary within it is still super relevant today, maybe even more so. Absolutely. Um, So we are bringing this podcast to you as really just two guys who are fans of the show. We have no real credentials to be giving you our our take on it um, other than our our joy for it and our own passions in acting and writing and directing uh, that we have. So uh, without further ado, we're going to bring you the first episode uh, the pilot yeah. episode the of Sopranos. The Sopranos. So this is season one, episode one, titled Pilot. It aired January 10th, 1999. And I would like to read, I think I didn't find any better synopsis uh, for the show other than what HBO provides. And it's it, they're good synopsis. In the series premiere, after suffering a series of mysterious anxiety attacks, New Jersey mob boss Tony Soprano agrees to see a psychiatrist, Dr. Jennifer Melfi. After he opens up to the doctor, Tony reveals details about his problems at home and at work that involve his wife, Carmela, his kids, Meadow and Anthony Jr., and his uncle, Jr., and his domineering mother, Livia. Yeah, wow, that's the show. Mysterious, too. I mean, now it sort of sounds like maybe a J.J. Abrams show. It's like, oh, why is he getting those panic <laughs> yeah. attacks? These Aliens? Mis- <laughs> mysterious panic yeah. attacks? Yeah. Um, not so mysterious uh, as the show... We can just start at the beginning as the show opens up with him sitting in the waiting room. Yeah. Uh, for Dr. Melfi. Yeah. Um, and this opening scene is really great. Oh, you know, before we talk about the opening scene, um, I actually thought it'd be nice if we heard from you and me, because yeah. we're the only ones here talking about this show, even though you're listening uh, to us talking about it. Yeah. But where we first came across 
the Sopranos, I guess, what right. our first experience was. Right, yeah. You were there it. when I discovered the show for the first time. I was? Actually, yeah. I mean, you weren't literally in So I didn't discover room. it at the time? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't literally in the room, but I remember we were kids. I mean, this must have been uh, 99 or 2000. Uh, so we, we were, were both. Oh, go ahead. Well, we Can were... you calculate how old we were? I well, can't... we were probably in 8th or ninth grade. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah. Uh, the point is we were yeah. in a summer drama camp together okay uh fun fact okay and i remember it was like at the age when seeing boobs on tv was basically like the coolest thing that could possibly happen to a human being sure and i was flipping through channels eighth grader yeah 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 to an eighth grader (laughs) uh and i was flipping through channels and i landed on a bada bing scene Wow. And I looked around to make sure that, like, my mom wasn't anywhere near. And, sure. uh, yeah, I stayed on HBO for a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was my introduction to the show. Wow. And I decided at that moment, um, I'm going to be a screenwriter. Because <laughs> 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 if, you, if you can't manufacture yeah. the boobies, yeah. then, yeah. you know, yeah. what do you have? Yeah. I don't remember. I'll be honest. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't that it wasn't memorable, but I don't have a good recollection of when I just, I just know that I came to it later. I didn't watch it when it first aired. Um, and it was though the first show I ever binged. Oh, okay. Before that was even a thing. Before that that was even a thing. Like I would go to Blockbuster and I would rent season. I I don't even know if you could get, cause there's only 13 episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. Are there 13? Yeah, 13 episodes a season. Yeah. And it varies, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you could get the whole season at Blockbuster, mm-hmm. but I would rent each season and then watch it, return it at Blockbuster. Yeah, I so, would do the same. Yeah. yeah. So We're that. Old guys. Yeah. So, but I, I just was hooked. Um, and I know that my, my mom liked the show mm-hmm. too, and she's a, a therapist. So yeah. from her perspective of like the Melfi Tony right. yeah. uh, relationship yeah. um, was I think interesting for her. I know that like yeah. later on I down the road when we, we discuss it um, cause we're not going to try to reveal anything later on in later episodes. We're just yeah. going to try to stick with this episode and maybe we'll just have to reference certain things later on. Yeah. But she had some opinions about certain things that developed mm-hmm. between that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but it's, it, it has definitely stuck with me. And yeah. anyway, that's why that's why we're here. Those were our first introductions yeah. to the show. But back to the opening right, of yeah. this episode. What did Therapy. you Yeah. What did you think about that? What did you think about just the introduction of Tony Soprano? Yeah, well, we see him being vexed, mm-hmm. I guess, by the statue. Right. Boobies. Which, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Call back to that. Uh, he's looking at the statue, a uh, feminine statue. It's it's green, naked woman. And he seems to be like annoyed by it right. or something. There's a couple things that are playing on uh, Gandolfini's face there, which is mm-hmm. a great introduction to one of the coolest aspects of his performance, how he could communicate several things at the same time, mm-hmm. mostly without speaking. Yes, I think... I think most of the actors yeah. in this show do a really yeah. good job, especially this opening one, because he just takes his, he takes a seat. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first line in the show is, uh, 
just Mr. Soprano. Right, yeah. And he when she brings him into the the room and they just sit there there's a good length of just silence of yeah. him just like he does not want to be here there's nothing that yeah. you know has has brought him here brought him here on his own volition right and i like i just like that moment of silence of them just kind of figuring mm-hmm. each other out yeah um, that moment is in the script by the way is it yeah i read the pilot script a long time ago and that silence is noted like on page one and i really? think chase wrote such as therapy you know it's just an introduction to kind of mm-hmm. this therapeutic process of which knowing a little bit about david chase like he deals with or dealt a lot with depression and had been in therapy a lot. So he knew this space very, very well and he wanted to convey it accurately. Yeah. Well, it was, um, it was a good job of doing that. And I think, uh, it, yeah, the, the whole, the whole scene really plays out well. Uh, uh, Lorraine Bracco plays, um, Jennifer Melfi, which is a pretty big difference from other sort of mob, things that we've mob shows or mob uh, themed uh, shows because she was in obviously goodfellas right uh played a very different character oh yeah in that and this this character is so reserved yeah and smart and contemplative um very far from karen yes but her character in goodfellas her character in goodfellas yeah but just really good yeah i just like that that opening scene and i think the interaction that sorry the reactions of tony Mm -hmm. the silent reactions Mm -hmm. like when she asks him you don't agree that you had a panic attack (sighs) he doesn't answer her at all he Mm -hmm. just sighs he's just like i'm not gonna answer you like there's no yeah there's no conversation here yeah but this is the pilot and it's it's interesting because it's just it's a narration the whole yeah most of the episode is just until we get up to real time right is just him recounting past events right yeah i mean i wanted to talk about that a little bit i think it's funny because the show dramatically is so sophisticated Mm -hmm. and this pilot is great and i love the pilot and i think it's one of the great pilots really but arguably it uses a couple devices that are borderline cheesy yes like for example the fact that there's so much voiceover throughout the episode Mm -hmm. and also it's a very simple setup of he's just going to sit down and through this voiceover tell a therapist about his life right the exposition is very just kind of unapologetic here it is yeah you know what i mean uh here's your exposition Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's not something that they would ever do in the actual bulk of the series but obviously this is a pilot it was just chase you know in a room by himself writing it Mm -hmm. and you know he just did like what he needed to do to get this thing off the ground. Yeah. And that's pretty clear. Still great though. I mean, I'm not critiquing the use of voiceover. It's just interesting because I feel like they would be loath to do some of the stuff that they do in this episode if they were doing it later in the series. Well, it was never used. It was never used any, Mm -hmm. any time. Right. Only episode with voiceover. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, there's no like, 
Elaine Bennis moment where yeah. <laughs> Tony's stuck in a subway and he right. <laughs> has an inner monologue going yeah. on. There's none. There's none of that. This this really does feel like yeah. it's the only episode. Oh. And I found that interesting too. Yeah, that he's revealing quite a great deal mm-hmm. of his personal and business life mm-hmm. to her. Yeah, in just three sessions. Right. Yeah, but. I think it was the second session later on where he has the second attack. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of jumping around here. But later on in the episode, he yeah. um, is showing his mother this retirement community. Right. And he has an episode. Yeah. And he's back in the room mm-hmm. with Dr. Melfi. And then he's starting to reveal, like he's talking about Rico statutes mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. the surveillance methods used mm-hmm. by the federal government mm-hmm. he's kind of just telling her i am a mob boss is he not am i confused right. by that like he's not being subtle at all no i don't think so i mean he's not going into detail i think the way that tony do other people are other yeah. businesses affected by rico statues i'm just i don't right. know exactly i really don't i wouldn't I know either yeah i'm very much not a mob boss or, or anything <laughs> like it But I think that in the universe of this series, what they try Mm -hmm. to establish pretty early on is that Tony has a bit of a uh, presence. Yes. In the media. Right. Like, it's very, very small. But it's a bit like how John Gotti back in the day, Mm -hmm. you know, he was not in jail necessarily. You know, he was the Teflon Don, but everyone knew he was a mobster. Everyone knew he was a mob boss. And that was just kind of part of it but you couldn't actually pin anything on him hence he was a free man and so tony is sort of that on a much smaller scale like if you live in new jersey in the world of this show you've probably heard of tony soprano you know that he's mobbed up but that's about it right you know yeah so it's interesting because yes so in the in the very first meeting with melfi she has to I, i don't know how many patients she has Mm -hmm. um clients that she has where she has to stop the conversation on the first meeting to say look there's some ethical ground rules that we need to discuss yeah Yeah. that's a great moment um yeah where he's he's just like no we just had coffee and then he goes into his his meeting which i guess this is kind of the the subplot of Mm -hmm. the episode or the running the running plot of this episode is his name is McAfee, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so he owes money. Right. And yeah. it's like to hash. Yeah. Um, who used to work with Tony's father. Right. So there's a lot of, there, there are a lot of characters obviously introduced in the pilot yeah. episode and it's, it's hard to like hash it all out and break it all down. Yeah. But, but they, they do cover a lot of ground and you get a lot of history right. that's been built up. And basically what we know is that Tony is now, the head of the New Jersey mm-hmm. mafia, mm-hmm. but he has his uncle Junior, mm-hmm. who is his father's brother, mm-hmm. older brother, mm-hmm. is trying to gain a lot more control, right? Because he wasn't given control after, I guess, after Tony's yeah. dad died, because Tony's dad was. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how it's structured, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Uncle Junior, he's a uh, very insecure. And he has is. been, which is mentioned in this episode. Right. That he's always been insecure because he's older than Tony's uh, deceased father. Right. Who was back in the day um, 
He ran his own crew. Yeah, ran his own crew and became a made man before his older brother, right. Uncle Junior. Uncle Junior is upset about that. His insecurity, the way that insecurity is represented in this series is is beautiful, you know, and a lot yeah. of the characters, if not all of the characters, suffer from it in some way. Mm-hmm. And that leads to amazing, dramatic, and yeah. bloody slash hilarious results. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, um, okay, we'll we'll probably get to the McAfee story yeah, and, sure. and all that soon. Yeah. I, I actually kind of want to, because just the way the, the episode goes, it, it's it, this is yeah. a difficult episode to talk about because there yes. are forward and backwards right. um, here from the the room with Melfi and then with what he's describing. That's the funny thing. Yeah, I was going to say that's part of one of the narrative devices that is, again, it works, but you could say it's like sort of cheesy where he's in therapy with Melfi saying, oh, this is what happened over the past couple days or Mm -hmm. weeks or whatever. But then cut to what really happened. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he can't go into the great detail. Yeah. But... I guess we should really talk about the ducks. Yeah. Yeah. These goddamn ducks. Yeah. The like thematic underpinning of right. this entire episode. Yeah. Those ducks. Would um, would you walk into a pool with your bathrobe on? If I was the boss of Jersey. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely would. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah. It's, it's just really when I, I rewatched yeah. it, I was like. Just yeah yeah the, your like, robe is soaking Tony. he's not even thinking about it yeah he's, he's so focused on these ducks mm-hmm. he's not even thinking about it yeah and i just to me i was just like i would take the robe yeah off. yeah yeah, like, yeah save yeah. the robe yeah yeah save the robe so you don't have to you know dry it later or your 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 polish maid doesn't yeah. have to you know put it in the dryer later right uh, so yeah. he love he loves these ducks and what yeah. we come to discover later on this i don't think is a huge um reveal of anything but tony has an affection for animals like that's right he 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 really prefers animals over people right yeah. um which i i think is the uh, a psychopathy of somebody who is right you know a sociopath yeah well listeners get this he doesn't <laughs> respect human life very much yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he does respect animal life that's right yeah so uh so he's got he's it, we're, we're introduced now to his family as well in that's this right. opening scene yeah so he's got this family of ducks yeah living in his pool in yes. his backyard that he's discovered and inside the house are his wife carmella yep his son anthony jr and his daughter meadow with her friend uh who's hunter late, hunter yeah who uh, Carmela affectionately calls Skankarella. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I have to point out that I think the person who kind of... S- the great thing about this pilot is that the characters are all well-defined oh, on yeah. the first episode. Like yeah. the pilot, which which doesn't even... Again, the structure of this pilot is very different from all the subsequent episodes we're going to watch. Mm-hmm. But these characters are so grounded in reality, and I see no better example than Edie Falco's character of Carmela. Yeah. I, I swear she just has, like, this awesome presence as Carmela. From minute one. Minute one. Yeah. She is a—she's the 
head of the house as far as like the kids are concerned and you just believe her you believe like just how she looks out the window at tony and says that man with those ducks right away you believe that these people have been married for 20 something years or whatever uh yeah i don't even know edie falco's performance is magical throughout the series mm-hmm. she's magnificent yeah just like james gandolfini is absolutely magnificent yeah. and it's so amazing to be able to see them throughout the six seasons yeah go at it their episode their, their scenes together are amazing yeah um they um and she actually for this season won an emmy oh really i didn't know that she yes so she she actually beat out everybody who was nominated from the practice and nypd blue and er yeah um yeah yeah. and so she she did win the emmy she won the golden globe Mm -hmm. i believe as well for this role and um i think it was for a later episode that that was submitted that that she was nominated on but Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it's it's obvious that she is um just so impressive just yeah honestly yeah she's great i mean her relationship to tony the way that she looks at him and mm-hmm. and sort of is annoyed by him but like also loves him is used to what he does uh her whole relationship to the way he lives his life in every way mm-hmm. is firmly established by her interactions you know if we want to get into like drama nerd stuff it's just classic, you know, dramatic writing. Right. Where it's not explained. It's just shown. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Jamie Lynn Siegler. Yeah. Who Meadow. plays Meadow. Yeah. And she, she, I mean, she does a great job of playing that bratty teenage yeah. daughter. Right. And her, the, again, the, the, the writing and the, the, the payoff between the two, uh, actors edie falco mm-hmm. and her just is is really good you're mm-hmm. just like god this is mm-hmm. like any household not just the mob boss of new jersey's yeah. house like it's ev- everybody can relate to how i mean not everybody can relate to the uh, uh ability to go skiing in aspen yeah yeah uh, maybe not maybe not yeah but uh can relate on a certain level to and seeing skeet ulrich Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, here's a thing that I feel the kitchen scene mm-hmm. um, sort of exemplifies. Because the tagline of this show, if you look at the first poster for season one, mm-hmm. it says, Meet Tony Soprano. If one family doesn't kill him, the other family will. <laughs> and what you see in this pilot and really in season one overall mm-hmm. is a very literal interpretation of that tagline. You yeah. Know? Uh, that's what the show is about. And mm-hmm. as the show continues, you know, obviously it evolves and you think less of that whole, oh, here's a guy, he deals with his one family and then he deals with his other family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, as the show goes on, you don't think about that so literally. But right. early on, they really hit that note again and again and again, where it's like, yes, he has problems with his crime family that he Mm -hmm. runs, but then he also goes home, and in his domestic life, he has to deal with a whole other set of challenges that are very domestic, you know? Right. Uh, So it's really cool to see that, and that's just perfectly shown in that kitchen scene with the family. Yeah. 
I love that he has a North American birds yeah. <laughs> book. He has yeah. a giant book on yeah. birds. Yeah. Um, it's just those little details yeah. are so fine that he That's comes like in the That's like the only house. kind of book he's going to crack. Right. You know? right. <laughs> the only book yeah. he's going to open up is yeah. the North American birds yeah. book. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, that, that opening kitchen scene is really good. Really sets the, mm-hmm. the grounds for, for that family. I think we should talk now about the McAfee story mm-hmm. because this now plays into the other family yes. part of it. Yeah. And so he's, uh, Tony's being driven to work by Christopher. I think we later discover he's related to Tony through Carmela, right? Right. Yeah. Technically, Tony and Christopher are cousins, but uh, their relationship both nominally and just in the way that they react towards each other or mm-hmm. interact, I should say, uh, uncle nephew. Got yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, so Christopher, played by Michael Imperioli, yeah. uh, did I say that right? Imperioli. 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 Also from Goodfellas, very very memorable part in Goodfellas. I don't remember him. Uh, he plays Spider. <laughs> Joe Pesci shoots him in the foot. Okay. Later kills him. Okay. It's a spectacular couple scenes. Awesome. Yeah. I haven't seen Goodfellas in a while. Okay, yeah. We I should, should definitely we should watch re- it. Re- yeah. We should rewatch let's, it. Let's rewatch it before we do um, our second episode of this podcast. <laughs> okay. Because you're going to notice a, a lot, lot of people of uh, Goodfellas alums yeah. in Sopranos. Perfect. Um, anyway, yeah. So they're uh, driving to work and they see a guy who owes Hesh $250,000 yeah. in gambling debts. Right. And... This sequence is hilarious. It's, it's really, really where the show takes off. Yeah, it's really funny because it's the first violent scene yeah. uh, of the show, but it's also done in such a humorous way right. where they drive up to him and Chris gets out, gets kicked in the groin, and the dude's running away. Mm-hmm. And at this point in the show, Tony Soprano is slim enough to jump over to right. the driver's side which i thought yeah. like uh later season he's not doing it's so that. amazing to see gandolfini downright skinny yeah i mean really, for him yes yes really is yeah um but he jumps over and then he drives him down yeah which today i mean right that's scary stuff that's really scary right but in the way the show does it in 1999 yeah they play over the top of it. Is it I Wonder Why? Uh, yeah, I Wonder Why yeah. by Dion and the Belmonts. Yeah, classic doo-wop. Yeah, a doo-wop yeah. that they're playing yeah. as he's chasing him down, and then he runs him down, yeah. hits him, yeah. and beats him up, and does a very kind of, again, cheesy, yeah, but kind of what you think of like a classic mob thing yeah. or like you owe me money scene right. where he's beating him up, and he says, Yeah. That to me, like that line right there is where the show, like this episode yeah. really takes off and where it, it's like, okay, yeah, this dude's a gangster. Yeah. But it, what's also I noticed is that he takes his rings off before yeah. he punches the guy. Yeah. Like that, that detail there yeah. of just Tony Soprano knows like, you're not going to mess up. You're, you're not going to get blood mm-hmm. caught in the rings. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get any like imprint of your ring mm-hmm. caught in the guy's face. Mm-hmm. You're going to take it all off yeah. as you walk up to him. Yeah. He's like, oh, mister, you all right? And then just beat the crap out of him. I believe that that was a specific Gandolfini 
uh, character choice. choice. Yeah, so wow. that wasn't written. That wasn't a David Chase idea. He brought that to the show. Gandolfini did. He had this idea that he had a number of rings, I believe a couple of them maybe from his father. And mm. so his whole thing was, oh, Tony, for him, it's subconscious when he's about to do violence, when he's about to hit someone in the face, he turns the rings around or he takes them off or whatever. Right. Uh, and so that was just a, a character thing that Gandolfini invented, which was cool. There's probably a bunch of other things like that. We'll discover them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's nice to know that it was a yeah. character choice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, something like that, that grade of detail right. is hard to write in, but yeah. that's yeah. such a, it's such, it's such a just... It's a good moment because it really opens up the yeah. show to okay, like yeah. you had like just this family guy and right. he this is uh he passed out. Yeah. Uh, oh, but he's extremely violent. I'll tell you what I noticed when I was rewatching this episode about this scene, which Please. is just uh I love this scene. One aspect of it is uh amazingly dated, which is the mm-hmm. fact that when he's beating the shit out of uh McCaffrey and you know christopher is there uh they're making a really big scene they're making a spectacle of themselves (laughs) yeah there are people surrounding them at this point 18 to 25 (laughs) witnesses staring staring in shock right now that to me says yes 1999 (laughs) right Uh, before there was such thing as a camera phone yeah exactly because you do that same scene today everyone's well first of all you wouldn't even be able to write it well you wouldn't be able to write it in that way right uh but yeah all those people would have their phones out absolutely recording this and uh we would have a very short series because tony would go to jail in episode one (laughs) yeah seriously i don't know how he how i I thought that too i don't know how he kind of gets away yeah with i mean because somebody eventually calls the cops right somebody Uh, eventually from like inside the office building because we get a shot from within the office building of him getting run over somebody within is like oh dear god what's that car doing up on the side ramp here that's a walkway that's not a street My God, call the police. Or maybe they're all on Tony's side. You know, they're like, oh, that's McCaffrey. He's a degenerate <laughs> fucking gambler. Yeah. We hate him anyway. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Tony Soprano. Yeah. yeah, he got what he deserved. You did us all a favor. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. Great opening scene. Great introduction. Let's talk about other great introductions. Yeah. And let's. This, yeah. This whole episode is introductions. It's yeah. a very simple structure where it's just like scene by scene. And it has to be. Right. It has to be an introduction. We have to get yeah. to know all these characters. Yeah. We are introduced to Tony's mom, Livia. Oh, yeah. Who is such a force, such a character. Yeah. I don't even know if this person... I, I think these kind of people do exist in life. Oh, but they, they sure do. Yeah, they don't want anything from yeah. anybody, but they want everything from everybody. Yeah. yeah. That's Livia Soprano. She is so despicable. I mean, she really is, but she's hilarious. Yeah, I love Livia. You know, she's a defining part of the early se- of the early seasons of this show. Mm-hmm. She is, as we will see, you know, in many ways, the ultimate antagonist mm-hmm. of season one. And ironically, of all the characters in this pilot, I would say that Livia is the most relatable to me. Not because I feel like I'm like her, right? But. Uh, <laughs> I had a grandmother who had a lot of Livia traits. Really? So right from the beginning of this show, I loved it. And I loved my grandma and sure. still do. Sure. Uh, she's no longer with us. But when I was watching this show, I was 
laughing a lot, you know, because I was just like, oh, man, that's just like grandma. <laughs> like, you know, in her in her like less than like happy moments, mm-hmm. uh, the way she would express herself, it would come out a lot like Livia. And right. um, Livia is Tony's mom. Right. And uh, just the way that he is patient with her, mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of the way that like my dad would be patient with my grandma. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Whereas, like, you want some eggplant? No, I already ate. She makes right. it anyway. She, like, yeah. she doesn't even full stop. She's, you yeah. want some eggplant? She's in the kitchen grabbing yeah. eggplant. Yeah. Even though he says, no, I've already yeah. eaten. And he's only over there to just bring her a CD player. Right. To play some of the old yeah. tunes. And it's funny because the song is, I believe it's called Who's Sorry Now. Right, yeah. Exactly. And, which is just, yeah, it's perfect. On for, the nose, but great. But great. And he's trying to get her to move around and do mm-hmm. stuff because... It seems that pretty recently Tony's dad mm-hmm. had passed. Probably a year or two, I would say, yeah. that he's kind of passed. It seems like it's been that, that long. Right. Yeah. Because she's been sitting around doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how mm-hmm. she would want to do things. She mm-hmm. said she was going to volunteer, which seems so out of place for this character. That <laughs> right. she was going to volunteer. <laughs> volunteer for yeah, whom? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. She would never volunteer for anything. That's Absolutely not, not. No. So... So it's really funny, but but he's trying his best mm-hmm. as the son, mm-hmm. and she just hits him with such a yeah. nasty line that daughters are better than sons at taking care of their mothers. Right, yeah. Which is cruel on Which multiple is so, levels. It's cruel because we later <laughs> yeah. discover who some of her daughters are. Right. And Tony's there. Right. He's physically in front of you. And yeah. she says that to him, and he has the best retort, which is, "Yeah, and I bought CDs for a broken record," yeah. and then walks out. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, sure, but, run off. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but then, but then they're talking about Anthony Junior's birthday. Yeah, and he says this funny line to her, like, "You're a young girl, you should get mm-hmm. out and drive," mm-hmm. as if driving is like an activity mm-hmm. that really that old people should be doing right like yeah. that whole that yeah. whole sequence i was just i like, don't drive when they're predicting <laughs> rain yeah 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 her her lines like i don't call after dark right like this is a this is a weird concept ma because yeah. dark is a visual thing yeah phone yeah. is an audit i love how tony's trying to speak right smart about this yeah yeah yeah. he's trying to be articulate yeah phone is an auditory thing yeah a- auditory <laughs> yeah that's really yeah yeah no it's great i mean she has so many just classic sort of old lady lines where it's like oh yeah some mm-hmm. old lady somewhere has said something like this you know yeah where it's the thing about oh i don't answer the phone after dark i don't drive when they're predicting rain you yeah. know on and on i mean mm-hmm. she's just so again perfect introduction for this character where we learn everything that we need to know everything that's going to sustain this character through the next few seasons that she's on the series Mm -hmm. like it's all just laid there in that first scene the groundwork for it Mm -hmm. amazing yeah then we get to obviously the passing out scene where tony uh takes a dive uh because the ducks leave ducks leave Mm -hmm. and I thought of something, uh, it must be something in the editing, mm-hmm. but I feel like he has two different cigars because oh, at first the cigar is lit yeah. and it's got, you know, yeah. an ashy end to it. Yeah. And I don't know much about cigars, but yeah. it looks like a cigar that he's smoking and he definitely right. is smoking it. Right. And then the ducks go and then he starts getting that dizzy, 
mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it, like ginger ale in yeah, his head. Yeah, ginger ale in his skull. Right? Yeah. yeah, which is a great description. Sure. Because yeah. I think anybody who's felt lightheaded, it does. Yeah. It, it that just feels right, like ginger yeah. ale in the skull. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it cuts. It then cuts back to him after the ducks fly away, mm-hmm. right before he passes out. Yeah. And the cigar is like at the end of it it's no longer yeah. ashy it's yeah. almost like cartoony exploded uh-huh. at the end of it it uh-huh. it, it I, I don't know it's yeah. it just was something that i just could not stop <laughs> looking at as yeah. he was passing out of like what happened to the cigar in right. between those two seconds the cigar uh, had a panic before. attack <laughs> yeah alongside tony alongside tony yeah and then he's out and then we get to the mri scene right which is i think this is also this is really the relationship yeah. of Tony and Carmela. Right. Um, first off, I didn't know if a person could actually be in the room with you while you were getting an MRI, mm-hmm. and I looked it up, and mm-hmm. it's safe mm-hmm. uh, okay, as long as that person yeah. doesn't have you know metal. Yeah. Uh, in them. Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah. So because that I was, scene stands up. That scene stands up. Yeah, because I, I wasn't sure. I was like, can she really just be standing there and holding his hand mm-hmm. as he's being mm-hmm. like? trucked in and mm-hmm. i guess yes she can yeah um but yeah this scene is it's sweet right and it's like kind of shocking at the same yeah. time just yeah. because she tells him she she knows about his women on the side right a guma right yeah and he then throws back at her well you're seeing this priest which right is, yeah well, I mean, he's just, he's, he's grasping yeah. <laughs> at yeah. straws. Uh, it, no, it's, it's really funny the way that that plays out because it does get pretty intense where like it kind of starts out okay. But then when like Tony, you know, he's expressing concern about the fact that, oh, he might have something seriously wrong with him. Right. So he's expressing fear Mm-hmm. as best as he will allow himself to express it right and then carmella takes that opportunity to basically uh berate him what's different between you and me is you're going to hell when you die which is something that tony's going to hold on to and throw back in her face right much much later yes in the series yes and i mean that is quite a thing to say yeah to somebody who is going through an mri scan yeah because they just had they just passed out yeah uh to 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 say that but then but then right after that he's being he's being loaded in and she grabs his hand Mm -hmm. and like squeezes it and she's like Mm -hmm. very concerned she like waves to him Mm -hmm. as he's inside there like she still very much loves him and it's just a very unique relationship and that's what we see is that tony soprano has unique relationships Mm -hmm. with every person he knows yeah he doesn't have a normal relationship with anybody there has to be something unusual about the relationship mm-hmm. whether it's the women on the side he's with mm-hmm. his wife his children there's something actually mm-hmm. the only normal relationship he really does have mm-hmm. i maybe mm-hmm. is with meadow yeah where he's just a dad that's a pretty traditional kind of father daughter yeah. thing because we have say. that scene yeah. later on in the church mm-hmm. where he's describing how his great-grandfather mm-hmm. and his brother came over Mm-hmm. built this church hand by hand mm-hmm. and there's a moment where she's just because she's been let's face it she's been mm-hmm. a bitch this whole mm-hmm. episode she's just been mm-hmm. nasty to carmella yeah. she's been an awful daughter she's um, full-on puberty 
yes. puberty time. Full on puberty. Yeah. And this it, somehow Tony gets mm-hmm. through to her, like mm-hmm. slows down her brain and her hormones for mm-hmm. a second yeah. to stand in awe of something that her relatives had done. Right. Which is build this massive church lay brick by yeah. brick. And I love how that scene too. I mean, it's very funny because he's in this very kind of uh, borderline solemn. He, he's very reverent. Yeah. You know, he's very calm inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's very peaceful. Right. And it's funny because as a counterpoint to that, Meadow just wants to whine and complain about the fact that she can't go to Aspen and Carmela is a complete bitch. You know, (laughs) it's just really great to see them both sort of bring those very two, very different uh, intentions to the scene. Yeah. And it just, it works as a whole. I mean, if I can get analytical for a second, I'll say that one thing about Tony and Meadow is that I feel like Tony sees meadow as you know that's his daughter that's half of him mm-hmm. and he's so impressed because she's a good student you know she's yeah. beautiful she has great things ahead of her she's on a really good trajectory something that he feels like he never had a chance right exactly to be exactly so yeah as a parent uh i think so much of his love of meadow has to do with the fact not that she's like his favorite child by any means mm-hmm. um but she represents kind of the best parts of himself or uh, the best parts of like what he could have possibly been had he not been born into right. what he was born into. Right. So I think we can, we can maybe jump around a bit mm-hmm. and get to the, the relationship he has with junior and specifically oh, yeah. in this episode, yeah. the, the conflict that they have is that junior wants to whack pussy Malenga, right. Who is coming out of prison. Mm hmm. And Junior just wants to kill him. We don't know why. He just, yeah, we don't know why. We, just, yeah. we don't like this pussy. Yeah. But we like Big Pussy, who's mm-hmm. Pussy Bob and Sarah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was asking you beforehand, uh, before we were doing the podcast, why are there so many dudes with the nickname Pussy? Do you know why there's so many nicknames? Like, is that a thing? Did you question. ever read that in your David Chase explorations? Uh, of... No, yeah. In my examination of... of the history of sopranos yeah Uh, i haven't really come across that all i can think of really is that you know if you look at big pussy for example vincent pastor the actor who portrays him he is like sort of the archetypal representation of what you would think of when you thought like when you think mob guy you know he's big he's imposing Mm -hmm. he's got like a real east coast italian tough guy heavy set look yes and voice uh, he's yeah got he's got the voice he's he's the complete mobster package right you know and it's a funny you know in a real simple basic way counterpoint to his whole personality and vibe and everything that mm-hmm. he's got the nickname pussy yeah big pussy because this guy is definitely not a big pussy <laughs> okay yeah no, that's kind of how i see it it have to be and then uh, little pussy Right. Pro- he probably got that name, be- and there's a reason he's in the penitentiary. Yeah. Or, I mean, I thought that guys who went to prison mm-hmm. were guys who weren't going to rat out. Mm-hmm. So it feels like this guy did a good thing by serving his time. Mm-hmm. Because later, Tony talks about that to Melfi, that mm-hmm. there's just no guys with honor anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no strong silent type mm-hmm. or Gary Cooper. There's no these guys who have values, 
which I guess to him are the values of keeping mm-hmm. your mouth fucking shut. Yeah. And yeah don't, yeah. don't t- holding the yeah. silence. Yeah. 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 So, so anyway, doesn't matter. Pussy. That's these two characters right. have the name pussy and it gets confusing because yeah. then later on there's like other characters named Tony and there's mm-hmm. other characters. Named... Sometimes right. it gets a little confusing with all these it's names. It's kind of a thread. Yeah. To have a couple characters that have the same name or similar names. You yeah. Know, little pussy. Uh, Even the, the characters get confused. Of. Right, at yeah. Times. Yeah, exactly. In this episode, you yeah. know, where Hesh is like, oh, so Uncle Junior wants to whack Pussy Bomb and Sarah, and then Tony's like, no, you think he's going to fuck with my pussy, big <laughs> pussy? Yeah. You know, uh, of course he means little pussy, right. Malanga. And the only thing I can think of as far as little pussy is that maybe that was just like a good joke that David Chase came up yeah. with. And it was like, it doesn't really have anything to do with no. anything. But it would just be like a nice little beat to have yeah. that confusion in there. And so there is no problem with uh, Junior wanting to whack him. Tony doesn't care. Yeah. Except Syl, who's yeah. one of his close confidants, yeah. uh, confidants yeah. um, tells him that he's going to do it at his friend yeah. um, Artie Bucco's restaurant. restaurant yeah, Vesuvio. Vesuvio. Yeah. And, and this is another example of like Tony has like weird soft spots. Yeah. And like weird compassion, like yeah. compassionate moments. Yeah. Where just, it's out of the blue. Right. Where he's like, well, that can't be. Yeah. He, he's going to ruin his yeah. life. Yeah. Like it's going to, no one's going to go to his business yeah. if some, a mob guy gets whacked in, yeah. in his restaurant. And he tries all these things to get Artie out of mm-hmm. the, out of the store, like mm-hmm. give him cruise mm-hmm. trip for him and his mm-hmm. wife to go on. Um, who Charmaine uh, mm-hmm. Buko is a hilarious character as well. I love she's a, she's a great character. Yeah. Um a great performance and and she has like a really good line too mm-hmm. where she's telling Artie do you really think that a mob boss got mm-hmm. comps from mm-hmm. a dent a group of dentists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but but yeah, and so ultimately Tony talks to Syl mm-hmm. at a volleyball game that they're both their daughters are at. Right. They basically construct a, a plot to burn down Vesuvio. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way he'll be able yeah. to collect the insurance, yeah. but it's the only way it's going to save him is yeah. burning his whole restaurant yeah. down, which is amazing. It's, yeah. it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's a great, on, great on multiple levels. Yeah. Yeah. Just again, you know, Tony doesn't give a shit that a uh, little pussy is going to get whacked. Right. Um, that's fine. But the venue does not work. Yeah. Let's blow up the venue. Which, by the way, <laughs> I, I believe it's established in the show, uh, or it's talked about in the show, that this has been in, like, the Bucos, uh, you know, family for a while. So, okay. obviously, like, when the thing does get blown up, you know, it's very upsetting yeah. for Artie. Yeah, Artie is, yeah. is traumatized by it, which you would mm-hmm. be. But anyway, Junior is upset now because... Yeah. He's so adamant on wanting to kill this guy in the mm-hmm. restaurant because he mm-hmm. feels com- because I guess yes, pussy feels mm-hmm. com- pussy little pussy feels mm-hmm. comfortable at Vesuvio's. Mm-hmm. It's his favorite restaurant, mm-hmm. so that's where it would be the best place to whack him. Mm-hmm. At. And Junior's so upset, and he's he's so that he's so good. Um, Dominic Cianese. Oh my God, he's he's a really good actor yeah. in this, yeah. and we actually have a degree of separation from him. I don't know if you realize this. I do not realize this. Diana Agron. Diana Agron was in a movie with, with... Robert De Niro and oh. Michelle Pfeiffer oh. and Dominic. 
Oh, wait. So he's in he's that, in that movie yeah, he, I with think Diana? He, yeah, I think he plays oh, like Ben. So cool. we have a degree of separation from him. Oh, well, that's... I had no idea. Look at that. That's awesome. Yeah. He is also mob movie royalty in mm-hmm. a way. Uh, he's not in Goodfellas, as far as I know, but he is in The Godfather Part Two. Really? Yeah. What and scene? He, he uh, has a he small play? part. His name is Johnny Ola. And basically issues with him and michael corleone lead to the whacking of fredo wow yeah 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 so we should go back and watch that again yeah oh there's uncle jr uh i'm sure he's a lot younger though uh it reminds me a little bit of that moment in back to the future where marty goes back in time and he sees the principal and he (laughs) goes jesus didn't that guy ever have hair (laughs) oh yeah and that's what i exclaimed when i noticed that (laughs) dominic chiadezi is in godfather part two right so he he just does this just he does a great job uh in this episode and you really get again a good a good idea of the relationship he has with tony and and we talked about this earlier Mm -hmm. of just his he's just butthurt and he has this insecurity right. about his nephew yes. running running things when he feels like it rightly should be his even though he's a very old man he comes out of that restaurant when he finds out mm-hmm. when he finds out that tony doesn't want him to, mm-hmm. to kill little pussy before the explosion mm-hmm. it's just a funny little choice of him holding his belly mm-hmm. like his pot belly he's just holding it on his <laughs> yeah. way out of the restaurant yeah. like he's so full yeah. he has to like hold it together yeah. to talk yeah. but then yeah. he just loses control yeah like he's it's almost like physically he's mm-hmm. containing mm-hmm. the food mm-hmm. that he just devoured mm-hmm. in his belly, mm-hmm. but then verbally just loses it on Tony and says, yeah. how many days did I play? How many times did I yeah. throw a baseball around? And with I you? love that line. I, I, I feel uh, that's a classic David Chase style, mm. uh, soprano style line, you know, where it's just that he reaches back to that you know, we played catch just the way that he expresses himself. And he like plugs that line in there, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to use against Tony. It's just, there's a great subtext to that. Mm -hmm. It's like, would a person really talk that way in real life? Maybe not. Right. But dramatically, you know, it just works well. And it also doesn't like stand out. It stands out, but not in a bad way. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking here just about, uh, again, that scene um, brought it up earlier, but Mm -hmm. when, Tony is showing around his mother to of uh, the retirement community and she right. discovers it's a nursing home yeah. and again he falls flat. Yeah. But talking about this this style that David Chase yeah. has, yeah. how we we talked about the just the voiceover the use of voiceover throughout mm-hmm. in the narration of mm-hmm. this episode is uncommon for this whole series. Yes. Um I don't know if it's common I think maybe it it subtly is used throughout the rest of the the series. But jumping from one scene to another mm-hmm. with a with the next scene being the punchline. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? So, mm-hmm. so for example, he passes out for a second time. Yeah. Next scene, his head is in yeah. his hands in Dr. Melfi's yeah. and he's back. Yeah. Um, because he has to be back. Because yeah, why is this really still happening funny. to him? And that's it yeah. is really funny. Yeah. Um, the scene before that is Tony telling Chris like, hey, look, the only thing we could do is burn down Artie's Mm-hmm. shop like it was the best mm-hmm. way to save face value and mm-hmm. you know yes you did a good job with whatever mm-hmm. uh with the killing of the mm-hmm. the polish 
I guess he's not really Polish. Email. But email. Yeah, he yeah. calls him email, which is great. <laughs> yeah, which, by the emo. way, I believe that is supposed to be Chrissy's first whacking. Right. That's the first guy he's ever killed. Okay, so let's, yes, let's um, let's talk about that and we can talk about yeah. the, the stylistic uh, choices here in this episode. Mm-hmm. But yes, Christopher um, says in one of the early, mm-hmm. early scenes mm-hmm. in this episode, he'll handle... Mm-hmm. this garbage dispute because there's right. a dispute between tony's crew taking yeah. over um territory or wanting yeah. to take territory yeah and this other group from these i guess immigrant uh the business polish. yeah the polish yeah. want to take over yeah. this part of the territory and as a way of delivering a message right they they are thinking of whacking one of the cousins exactly. or something. Exactly. Yeah, because uh Tony like isn't really that worried about it when these when this other crew shows up of Polish guys. Um he just wants to cut a deal with them. Right. But they refuse to cut a deal. So now it's like, okay, what do we gotta do? Uh someone's gotta die. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. And Tony hasn't really thought about it, but Chris <laughs> is like, Yeah, like you said, I'll handle it. And then he decides to handle it in a scene that again, you know, this whole show Early on, uh, first season, I would say, they really emphasize comedy slash drama. Mm-hmm. That would change as we progress through the series. Sure. But this scene where Christopher uh, whacks Emil, yeah. as he calls email, yeah. uh, very funny scene. Yeah, it really is. Like, it starts with, well, this is what Chris's mm-hmm. solution is, right. is to kill the guy. Yeah. No one else really... Yeah. knows and yeah. tony later is upset that he yeah. did this because that's yeah. going to throw things out of whack sure no pun intended um and sorry and so the scene opens up in the the meat mm-hmm. restaurant the pork store yeah pork store and he's like practicing kung fu or like right. tai chi and he's and yeah. the guy drives up and the song i'm a man yeah is playing again yeah. like a great use of music like yeah. this whole series has great music in it oh yeah and use of music yeah um and classic songs yeah. to really uh emphasize uh, a feeling and a mood and this is another good example that chris is now proving that he's a man mm-hmm. and he's going to do his first yeah whack yeah. and and he does and with every gunfire it's showing a picture of mm-hmm. you know uh capone capone who is it also? Yeah. Uh, I think Dean Martin. Dean Martin. Yeah. Yeah. And another uh, guy. Rat Pack guys. Yeah. Uh, maybe Frank is in there. I don't remember exactly, but I do definitely remember Capone and Dean. Dean are definitely yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, another violent scene. Like mm-hmm. we hadn't had, there hadn't been really many in this episode. Other, yeah. I think it was just really those. Yeah, there's not a ton of bloodshed. Two. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing about the show overall is that in, and we'll get into this as we, you know, go through these episodes, bloodshed and whacking and people getting their heads blown off was never a huge priority of this show. It's a byproduct of exactly. just, it's just, that's their life. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, so yeah. So, at the at Anthony Jr.'s second birthday mm-hmm. attempt, yeah. uh, Chris is really upset because he didn't get any praise right. for it right. actually turning out to be okay. Yeah. And it actually worked. Right. And Tony has a, a moment of pause and mm-hmm. reflection and says, you know what, you're right. I didn't get that kind of treatment. Mm-hmm. And then Chris has to add, you know, I got 
uh, call from a Hollywood mm-hmm. person said they would like to use my story, and Tony mm-hmm. just goes off on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was leading me to talk about like the use of the next scene as a punchline mm-hmm. because he Tony says like, "Look, it's a great day." Mm-hmm. Uh, what could be bad? What could be bad? And then it cuts to <laughs> Livia yeah. and Uncle June driving yeah. to the party. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's that's just a, a use of it. There was another scene that was like uh, where Charmaine is talking mm-hmm. about the comps for mm-hmm. the cruise ticket. And she's like, somebody had to donate their kneecaps. Cut to mm-hmm. McAfee in a huge leg cast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. walking on crutches with oh, Hesh. Oh, that's great. And, yeah. And I never even noticed pussy. that. That's good. Yeah, yeah, which is another funny but threatening scene. Right. <laughs> where the ice cream truck just drives right. off and the kid rides off on the bicycle yeah. and they're all alone. Um, yeah, just the use of like that, mm-hmm. like set up punchline mm-hmm. cut to. I wouldn't say it's cheesy, mm-hmm. but it's definitely, it's it's a good use of... Yeah, it's just humor. I mean, the, yeah. the humor in this show, uh, very simple. You know, it's just mm-hmm. very straightforward, but it always lands. Yeah. You know, it always lands really well. I mean, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit uh, about the scene where Uncle June is like, yeah, uh, if Tony doesn't fall into line the way I want him to, I will probably try to take him out. Right. And Livia says absolutely says nothing. nothing, giving him essentially her blessing of, yeah, right. if Tony doesn't get into, if my son doesn't get into line, right. you can kill him. But he uses, yeah. he, he uses that car ride mm-hmm. um, purposefully. Like he's mm-hmm. using it as a, he knows that Livia, mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, Livia is in charge mm-hmm. of it all. Mm-hmm classic italian matriarch yes yeah and he but he's using that and you can see as he's driving he's like giving her like side eye like mm-hmm. oh you know something no something's gonna have to be done uh mm-hmm. i don't know what and but mm-hmm. he's trying to like stir up her emotions early mm-hmm. on by saying you know it used to be the drugs mm-hmm. and the dope and now it's yeah. gays in the military yeah. and she's yeah. like oh stop ah. yeah, and yeah. She's like he's like working her up into yeah. already for her to be uncomfortable Exactly. And then to add on, you That's know, Tony's also making me, yeah, you know, feel this way as well. Yeah, yeah. He's got Agita, yeah. and he wants her to have it too. And yes, yeah, yeah. Agita. <laughs> and another just subtle, like, little piece of comedy yeah. is he has a line of cars <laughs> piling up yeah. behind him, honking, yeah, because he's driving like an old, old, old yeah. man. Yeah, leaning over the steering wheel <laughs> yeah. with his little old man cap and, and his. Goes- super thick bulletproof glasses, glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the glasses that you wear when you're at the shooting range <laughs> yeah um yeah. yeah yeah it's great and um uh oh, yeah they weren't wearing seatbelts either i noticed oh right Neither yeah. of them were wearing seat belts, well, which is not were... a 1999 thing it's just uh these 1950s people... thing, maybe. <laughs> yeah yeah 1959 yeah, yeah 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 exactly um but no that that's basically that scene sets up this mm-hmm. season Mm-hmm. that yeah. scene right there is That's like it. this is what this is going to be about yeah right here yeah um is this conflict and right. um yeah again it's just good it's just good acting it's good yeah just um reaction mm-hmm. acting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah from livia and from uncle june like in that scene the moments that they're not talking they're saying yeah. so much again just sort of like the Tony Carmela scenes and mm-hmm. and many other scenes between two or more characters, but specifically two characters, 
it's just two great actors yeah great dialogue for them to perform yeah and that is the end of it you know like that's all you need to make a great scene and that's all you need to make a great show or film or whatever it's like just awesome acting awesome writing period that's that's, all you need right (laughs) yeah there you go i mean it's as easy as that let's do that and let's collect our oscars (laughs) yeah exactly um but yeah i mean it's just I, i feel like yeah in a way that this show just exemplifies this show makes it look easy in a lot of ways like that's what's so like miraculous about it that it's so complex and it does so many very very hard things well like we all know what it looks like when acting is bad and when writing is bad Mm -hmm. and all of that and directing is bad etc but this show does it so well Mm -hmm. and from the beginning yeah. That you don't even really think about it or notice it, no. which in a lot of ways is, is kind of the goal. You yeah. just go along with the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We haven't even talked about this. There's another question I would ask you, just like, would you walk into a pool with your bathrobe on? Mm-hmm. Would you, Hannibal, take your uh, girlfriend mm-hmm. to the same restaurant that weeks later you were no. taking your wife to? <laughs> no, no, But no. He, Tony has the setup yeah. where the maitre d' obviously... Yeah. Yeah. Obviously knows what the rules are. Yeah. And knows how to play it off so well. I mean, he has. Yeah, come on, Tony. I mean, that's just basic. You got to have a place for the mistress and you got to have a place for the wife. Yeah. And they need yeah. to be different different places. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. Yeah, that that's ballsy. But mm-hmm. the first scene when he does bring his girlfriend, he sees mm-hmm. Dr. Melfi, mm-hmm. which is right. interesting. It's right. interesting that right. she was even added into this scene. Didn't necessarily need this, I noticed that too. If you wanted to just yeah. play the Tony, this is how Tony plays, mm-hmm. you know, his secret life and his mm-hmm. real life. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But then you add Melfi into it mm-hmm. is interesting because yes. Tony knows who she is. Yes. And anybody who at that restaurant would ask her, how do you know Tony Soprano? Right. She would have to defend herself in some way or lie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because Later on, I mean, they could discover she's a therapist. And right. why would Tony Soprano be thanking her or right. talking to her? Yeah. He uses this excuse of right. great uh, decorating tips. Yeah, thanks for the decorating tips. Which yeah. uh, the man she's with knows that's not true. Right. So already now, one person, at yeah. least one person knows yeah. that Tony Soprano is seeing a psychiatrist. Right. That's dangerous. Like, Tony knows that's dangerous. Yeah. But he's like, he's taking the opportunity to be like, thank you. Thank you for those decorating tips, which he's just talking about the Prozac, which he thinks is fixing him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a weird moment. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I liked it, Mm -hmm. but I thought that is putting your secret at risk. Tony easily it's funny because you're in New York City yeah they're clearly in New York City so you're on yeah enemy grounds really you're not on your territory yeah yeah yeah. and you're approaching a doctor right of psychiatry right I don't know well I think that the assumption is too possibly I mean and maybe I'm just reading too much into it but it is sort of what I'm about to say is supported a little bit by uh a scene that we'll get later in the show. Mm-hmm. But 
Tony's strategy with Melfi, because by the way, this is not the only time that he's going to run into Melfi out in the world. Right. And at another point, he runs into her out in the world surrounded by his whole crew. Right. Right. And I don't want to go into that scene in detail, but basically, you know, he's Tony, alpha male mob boss. We establish, you know, also pretty early on that he's attracted to Melfi. He thinks that she's hot. So what I'm getting to in my long-winded way, is that he wants to play off the fact, oh, maybe I'm sleeping with her. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, she's another Guma. Okay. You know what I mean? And so in that case, it doesn't even matter if she's a therapist. Not really. Right. Because, well, it's like, yeah. No one's going to believe that Tony's actually seen a therapist, first of all. They will believe that he's hooking up with her, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I didn't even... That didn't even cross my mind. And that scene, though, where he... Uh, recognizes her name being Italian, right. which I didn't realize Melfi was an Italian name at all. I love that moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Right. And he does this thing with his legs, with yeah. his knees, yeah. where he's like, my mother would have been really happy if yeah. you and I hooked up. And right. he does this like lift of his knees. Yeah. And his, like, he's just like, hi, I'm right here. He's flirting as a pivot, right? Because then yeah. that's just one of those great <clears throat> subtext moments. Right. Because... She has just said something uh, that has made him uncomfortable. I believe it is, oh, are you depressed? Um, or you said to Dr. Cusimano that you had dealt with feelings of depression. And he really doesn't want to talk about that. Right. So then he goes into, I'm going to hit on you and take this to like a sexual place mode. Yeah. Which, by the way, is a strategy that he like <clears throat> employs... I believe multiple times throughout their therapy sessions when he gets uncomfortable. Probably. Yeah, he does. Um, and in that scene, that restaurant scene, uh, the first restaurant scene, we see a character who later appears in the show, but we see actress um, Drea DeMatteo, yeah. who plays the hostess, right. who later plays Christopher's girlfriend. Adriana. Adriana. Serva. Yeah. Yes. And uh, which I thought when I watched it again, I was like, oh, I remember. I like, mm-hmm. I was like, I remember. That's right. She plays mm-hmm. this hostess who, by the way, um, Dre de Mateo, I saw at Costco once. Oh. And I told her, you were great in The Sopranos. What and did she say? She said, thank you. And was then, there more to that interaction? There wasn't. There was a lot of me not sure yeah. if it was her. Okay. And we were by the produce section, yeah. which is a large section of, yeah. of Costco. And yeah. of me just kind of circling. I look. I probably looked very yeah. creepy just circling around trying to make sure I knew it was her because uh-huh. it's 10 years later. Mm-hmm. She looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, she still looks great. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't sure and I didn't want to make the mistake yeah. of you were great in The Sopranos. And she's like, yeah. what? Right. And I'm just like, ah. And I just roll <laughs> off on my cart. But it, yeah, yeah. It, de- it definitely was her, and uh, she was very, yeah. very nice about it because obviously cool. you don't want to be approached while you're at Costco planning a party or whatever she was doing. But... <laughs> yeah, picking up your platter yeah. of 500 so... deli sandwiches or whatever. But that was a nice. Yeah. That was a nice. That's cool. I don't think I've ever seen anyone from Sopranos in real life uh, except I... for the writer Matthew Weiner. We can get to that later, though. Oh, cool. I did see um, James Gandolfini in a play. That's right. You did. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing, and that's pretty awesome that you got to see him. Live. Him and Jeff Daniels and uh, Marcia Gay Harden. And, yeah, yeah, 
wow, it's a pretty serious cast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think at this point, you know, we've covered the episode pretty well, or as yeah. well as we possibly can in mm-hmm. our awkward uh, first <laughs> yeah. podcast episode. Um, yeah. We're going to smooth it out as things go along, but I'd love to talk about the final scene. Okay. Yeah, let's uh, talk about so it. So final scene, you know, we get that kind of Tony, Christopher dynamic where Christopher very hilariously says, you know, like, oh, I could go to Hollywood. I could run away to Hollywood, mm-hmm. sell my story. I don't need to do this. And then Tony says, you know, forget about those distractions. You know, first he's very tender towards Christopher, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in a way that Tony is almost never going to be tender towards Christopher again. Yeah. Um, but then when Christopher says that crap about Hollywood, you know, Tony gets upset, jumps you know, on. jumps, uh, lifts Chris off his feet. Christopher still doesn't really back down. Right. You know what I mean? And that's kind of cool. Cause it kind of just shows their relationship. Like Christopher's like, yeah, I don't care. You can sort of slap me around a little bit. I'm still going to say what I have to say. Yeah. Uh, because I'm bothered by this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not getting enough respect. And so that is, you know, kind of resolved in its way. Tony becomes tender again and he's mm-hmm. like, look, just, you know, be with us. Like, it's going to work out. Be patient, essentially. And then Livia arrives with Junior. Yep. Let's eat, I believe, is the last line spoken in the episode. Carmella. Actually, the last line I heard, and I actually wrote mm-hmm. it down because I thought it was so mm-hmm. funny. And um, maybe we can get the, the clip of it. But the last line is Meadow's friend right? saying, I know what you're going to say. Hey, Med, I'm not going to eat. Are you? Amazing. Yeah. I noticed that for the first time, too. I don't think that's a scripted line. That's probably something they came up with on the day. Yeah. Or they added it in uh, ADR or whatever. Right. It's great, though. <laughs> it's so it's funny. So... It's so funny. It's just te- teenage girls who are like, I'm not going to eat. So good. I'm going to yeah. eat that fatty food. Because already in the yeah. opening scene in the kitchen, yeah. Meadow was like, get that fat away from me. Yeah. 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 No, they're just, they're already doing that. Like, the, the, I guess the joke there is that they're beginning to do that thing of yeah. like, you know, being because they are adolescents, you know, yeah. um, super self-conscious about weight and they're like not going to be fat girls. But that's they're the last line of yeah. the, of the yeah. pilot. Yeah. Which no, it's really good. Like. And then that pan over to the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, Livia, sorry, jumping back, Livia and um, Uncle Junior, you know, they show up. Right. It's time to eat, right? Yep. Uh, they've just been plotting, uh, subtly plotting Tony's possible murder. Right. And then uh, we pan over to the empty pool, symbolic. The ducks are absent. Right. And that is, you know, Tony's climactic realization that he has in therapy with Melfi, which mm-hmm. is, oh, my obsession with the ducks is all about the fact that I'm afraid I'm going to lose my family. Yeah. And that is a threat. Mm-hmm. obviously it's going to last from episode one to the end and you know the cool thing about that really is that it's not like the central theme or anything of the sopranos i think any man or woman with a family their ultimate fear is losing yeah. their family you know or something mm-hmm. happening to their kids or whatever so you know it's all super relatable but i just love how as a final note as a final beat you know we go over to that pool the empty pool yeah and the pool by the way is an image that is going to have uh, symbolic ramifications throughout the series. Yeah. Again, yeah. that pool is very important to this show. It is. It is. Well, that's a great place to end this episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. 
we we, we promise to polish it up uh, for the next mm-hmm. episode and the, the subsequent ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Doing our best uh, yeah. to bring you the best quality uh, we any, can. Yeah, any person who's listening to this and did not like this first episode... Uh, anything that you didn't like about it was completely intentional because we feel like the pilot of the Sopranos is sort of a rough version of what the Sopranos would eventually be. Exactly. And so we really purposely wanted this first yeah. episode to be sort of a rough version of what our podcast is Absolutely. eventually Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, follow us. Um, please subscribe on iTunes and leave uh, review, comments, um it would help this podcast move along and uh, and get to, to many listeners. We want this to be a community sort of thing. We want you to be engaged in it as well. Um, so leave those reviews on iTunes if you can. And let us know what you think. But um, until next time, I'm Gavin Bowen. I'm Hannibal Diaz. And, and uh, what's your favorite line from this episode? Uh, well, there are a lot of good lines. I think... My favorite line is when he uh, tells Carmella. Well, you think I was Hannibal Lecture before or something? Right, right. <laughs> he, yeah. does, he does say Hannibal <laughs> Lecture. Lecture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Funny. The malaprops in this show yeah. are great. <laughs>